obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. Welcome to episode 328 of uh, Sports on the Hill podcast. Uh, We're talking about the Caps Good Homestand and NFL Wildcard Weekend Recap. We're also going to preview some conference championships as well. I'm just double checking to make sure that it actually did go live because it's, you know, you never know. Um, But uh, it does seem that we are live. So um, we are live on Facebook and live on Twitch tonight. Uh, We'll be taking questions from both of those groups. We're uh, joined live on air with Gil, the blue liner on point and C4, Shelly and Forrester. Um, And uh, we are all wearing, if you're on the audio podcast, um, matching uh, TJ Oshie um, jerseys. my two guests more matching than me, but we all are wearing 77. Um, and uh, so uh, in honor of uh, TJ Oshie's triumphant return uh, to the lineup and making some uh, big dents in the twine, we'll say. And uh, so um, the uh, three goals in a game, which is why I thought it'd be fun if we, all three of us wore it. And um, um, yeah, Carly's asking if there's a command for C4. There actually isn't, but we need to make one. It's a, it's a good point. Um, uh, Shelly Enforcer does another podcast as well, and we can get into that uh, towards uh, the end of the show. But uh, yeah, it's um, it's great to have C4 here and to have Gil uh, on the podcast as well. We'll talk about the Caps. Uh, they won uh, their two games on their home stand. They unfortunately lost uh, the second half of the home and home uh, to uh, the Blues. Uh, but we'll talk about both of those games. We'll also preview their upcoming road trip that they have, and that'll be all in this first hour. And then in the second hour, uh, we're joined with our uh, NFL roundtable, our DMV roundtable, um, and we uh, will be discussing all six, uh, all of the games in the divisional round, so all four of those games, uh, and preview the two conference championships as well. So um, that'll be a lot of fun in hour two, and so I'm excited. Uh, definitely go, as Carly mentioned in chat, check out our YouTube. Uh, we just hit 500 videos on the YouTube channel, uh, so it's YouTube.com slash Robbie Gross, my name, and um, 
you uh, could find my latest dive video, which is actually my most watched video of the year. So thank you to everybody who was supporting uh, that video. Uh, it's a cool wreck dive and people seem to really dig it. So go check out YouTube uh, on our uh, Facebook uh, page. We have lots of interesting stuff from Carol and from others with articles uh, and other stuff you can check out there. So facebook.com slash sports OTHP and sports OTHP.com always has all the latest up to date uh, podcasts, all the archives, videos, and links. So if you want to check out uh, Gil's um, show, um, which uh, he did a one with Anna this weekend, uh, you can check that out on the podcast partners button as well. So Gil, before we get uh, going too far, why don't you let people know what you did talk about this week on your show? Yeah. Uh, so um, it was, we covered the three games since uh, this past, um, well, Tuesday. Um, so the, the three games we're going to cover um, uh, here uh, but yeah, it was a two, one week for the caps and, um, they seem to have turned it around. Um, at, well, at least for now. And, uh, we talk about how this, you know, still, you know, nothing, nothing's really changed, but still how this, this rebuild is, is a process like no other, like, you know, probably not, not many fans are familiar with. It's not, um, it's not quite a, a rip the bandaid off completely, but it's also not, you know, status quo either um so i i think some fans might be confused about the progression of the team and why why maybe um you know we're either not going completely backwards during a co complete teardown or just going you know pedal to the metal uh accelerating into the playoffs and or you know do a playoff push so uh, we kind of explain that uh, a bit um, and, you know, the, the reason for that is is uh, a lot of people out there might have wondered why T.J. Oshie is even still trying to make a career of it, given all his injuries. Well, well, this week showed this past week, he showed why, because he's still got resources in the tank. So, um, yeah, I kind of felt like I had to explain that uh, to some of the fans, because, you know, like I said, it's a it's confusing process, but, you know, it's he's one of the reasons why this team is still competitive. Yeah. I I'm happy that you guys discussed that. It's some important topics for sure. And I want to give, um, uh, Tony, uh, sorry, Troy, a shout out, um, uh, for, uh, sharing the group, uh, this video to your group and as well as to a couple other ones. Uh, so thank you for doing that. I did share to a couple this time. I'm hoping five or less isn't going to get me knocked off by Facebook. Like it was a couple of weeks ago, but Facebook and I have a love hate relationship going right now. Um, yeah, but Facebook can knock it off. Yeah, exactly. So, but I, I want to share it to a couple of groups. because I think it's some important discussions and we had a really good week and I just, I hate that, you know, Facebook changes their algorithm weekly, but anyway, uh, C4, let me know. Um, I know you went to one of the games, but have you, uh, I know that it's been a, uh, up and down week for you, um, emotionally, and I'm sorry for your loss. Um, yeah. um, and I just wanted to start with that, but, uh, other than that, uh, how, how's your week been? Other than that, it's been good. Um, just kind of a, a lot of hurry up and wait right now on the the personal thing. Um, I'll be going down to Virginia this weekend for uh, for the services. So I'll going down probably late Friday afternoon, coming back Sunday sometime. So um, also, I the game I went to this week was the last game I'll be able to go to for a while because I have rotator cuff surgery, major rotator cuff surgery coming up in a couple of weeks. So I'm going to be out of commission for a while then. 
So yeah, it's kind of been like this the last yeah. couple of weeks. I'm I'm happy they could give you a win or something, you know, a bright spot. <laughs> yes, yeah, one, so one of the most exciting games I've seen in a very long time. So yeah, um, one so, of the worst days of my life. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, so um, and and I don't mind sharing. Um, my mom passed away Thursday morning, so um, yeah, that so kind of why it's been. And she was in the hospital for several weeks before that. So it's just been, yeah. yeah. Oof. But My I'm good. Cool. This is ginger yeah. ale, by the way. Just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like the you're, 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 you're among friends. You don't have to. Yeah, exactly. If it wasn't ginger ale, there would be no judging on this point. So, um, oh, but uh, yes. Um, well, my heart is with you. I really appreciate Thank you. you. Even taking the time to do this tonight with us you know you, you, there's it's never a thing that you would have to do but i, I appreciate you uh, joining us so i just wanted to at least put that out there um i'm, I'm honored to be here so yeah. thank you yeah all right well let's talk about some of the the brighter spots of the week and um and uh, some of the things that i thought that the capitals were doing really well and i'm happy that we were able to bring um you know some of these players back and, and try to get them into the fold and you know, there's been a lot of question marks around this team, you know, uh, you know, with getting, um, you know, we'll talk about Matt Pacioretty, you know, he's, um, he's an awesome player and we didn't know what we were going to get with him. We were hoping that we'd see some good things. And so it's been really good to see um, his involvement on both sides of the ice and getting into it. TJ Oshi, people thought he was done for and he's come back in a really big way. And so um, I thought that they both played a really good game against the ducks, you know, which set the stage, you know, for the, for the next game as well. But um, in, in this game uh, for the ducks, it was a very low scoring game. You know, Darcy Kemper gets a lot of shit talked about him. And it's funny because we talked about him last week on our you know, show right here about, you know, how people go after him and it's the defense. And, you know, we've talked about a lot of this all year round, but he played a great game, I thought, in this one. And, you know, he got a shutout and he shows why, you know, we have him and why you don't just get rid of a player just because they're you know, going through a tough stretch. Um I was super excited for Ethan Bear to get his first goal. It was an assist by TJ Oshie and Nick Jensen's Oshie's third assist of the season and Nick Jensen's seventh. Uh, Ethan Bear's first goal as a capital. Uh, it happens in the Nugget Minute. And I will give a shout out to McDonald's. I took them up on this offer. I ate Nuggets the next day with the kids. They really wanted McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> and um and Zach saw in the app he was like I'm you know we're getting happy meals and I I checked the redeemed and he saw the Capitals logo he's like what's that I said well actually because the Caps scored in the last <laughs> I'm gonna be eating nuggets with you guys because it's you know on the house so um <laughs> you know so we all got as a family got to eat nuggets together on the way home so thank you to the Ethan Bear for that uh, nice wholesome family moment and Tom <laughs> Wilson doubled it up and got more I mean. We only get one set of nuggets, but I'm I'm happy that um uh that he scored as well. His twelfth of the season, empty netter, uh Favari's sixth assist and Nick Dowd's fifth assist. Um and uh yeah, uh but it a tightly defensive match, uh well played on both ends of the ice. Uh, I'll start with you, Gil. What were some of your thoughts on this game? Well, um, I mean let's let's uh call a spade a spade. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't all Darcy, but it wasn't all the team either. But you know, this, this is what happens when everybody plays together 
and and pitches in as a team. You now, uh, for a good chunk of the game, the 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 Anaheim Ducks did not have very many high danger chances, and the ones that they did have, Kemper did his job. You know, he did what he was supposed to do. He's he's he stopped them. Now, you know, there's a statistic called goal saved above average. Um, and, uh, his partner, Charlie Lindgren happens to be top three in that. Uh, but Kemper's not doing too badly. He's like middle of the pack. There's like a hundred, hundred or so goalies actually that have qualified for the stat. The minimum's only like three games. He's in the middle of the pack, so he's not doing too badly, but you know, high danger chance. Generally you've got about a 50, 50 shot of saving it and he got them all. So there, there is that. There is credit. But uh, the Caps, for the most part, did a pretty good job keeping Anaheim to the outside. And a couple of timely goals by, by Bear uh, at the beginning and uh, Tom Wilson to, to seal it. Um, you know, you can throw in some caveats like Anaheim's a weak team, and they are, and they're not, they're not doing too well. They're like the bottom three in the league. But still, you know, this could have been one of those. For business, you know, in hockey. Yeah, exactly. Bounces. You know, you don't put the pressure on and keep that pressure on the whole game. You know, a bad bounce comes right back in your own net. You still have to play to win. Yeah, to be honest, I was a little worried about this game because we do tend to play to the level of our opponents sometimes. And, you know, we could have made it harder than it had to be. And and what I – and it they didn't really. I mean, we just had, you know – they're going did a good job too. We still put up 27 shots, which as a team, we yeah, we had what 20, yeah, 27, 28 shots. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and uh, face offs were comparatively even 58 42. So, I mean, there's obviously room for improvement, but I think overall they played well. It was a good game. I mean, it wasn't, it was a nice know. bounce back game from the Rangers, yeah, because like, yeah. you know. Like I was happy that they won one or two. You know, we talked about that last week, but it's just you gotta have to bounce back with the win to get you some momentum going into the next game yeah. in some way, right? You just kind of yeah, have to get that. Like bounce back game. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's get to this St. Louis game because it's so exciting. It's really the the goal of this whole podcast. But anyway, you know, it's um, let's just go through it. The first period, TJ Oshie scores on the power play. Max Pacioretty. Pacioretty um has his third assist already uh it was Oshie's fifth goal of the season so coming into this game he had four goals all right so that's what we start with that um and so he gets his fifth I uh, go up one nothing then I like how Nathan Walker returns the favor so this is former you know players you know that I think wasn't Oshie was yeah. he drafted by them I think it's players that were drafted by the opposite team right you know yeah. playing we yeah. we got Oshie on a trade from St. Louis so right exactly and I think yeah. he was drafted by them and Nathan Walker we definitely drafted so yeah yeah so it's just kind of funny that going back the other way um and so that was Walker's only his second goal of the season so he's been having a tough go of it you know for whatever reason too and so uh, and then Abe Kubel gets uh, the second goal for the Capitals at 330. Sort of. It was actually knocked in by the guy yeah. from St. Louis. That's very true. It's a very funny <laughs> goal. It's a good point to even talk about it. And basically, if you didn't watch it, he shot it off of the skate boot of you know their defender, uh, which mm-hmm. has got to be one of the most demoralizing goals ever, right? Because, yeah. you know. Um, he had pretty good defensive positioning to block off the guy, but, 
it's just it proves that no shot's a bad shot, right? Just shoot it on net, shoot it anything. You never know it's going to deflect in whatever. And right. um, you know, it's uh, anyway, it, it could go, but uh, Lapierre gets his fifth assist, and John Carlson's twenty second assist of the season go up two mm-hmm. one, and then another TJ Oshie power play goal. Um, uh, I love this one. It's set up by Dylan Strom is 12th and uh, Max's fourth assist. All right. So it's Oshie's sixth goal now makes it three to one. And this is the one where I think he torqued into it, right? Where he was in the center of the, the ice yes. and he had that leverage and it like yeah, lifted yeah, yeah. up and, and a uh, beautiful goal. And then um, 34 seconds into the third period, Dylan Strom scores his 16th of the season, Ovi's 20th assist and John Carlson's 20 third assist to make it 4-1 nathan walker once again uh scores so he now has two-thirds of his goals in the season against us um uh so up 4-2 justin falk and uh alexandrov assisted on that one uh to make it 4-2 and then um uh, tj oshi scores an empty netter at 1940 um uh, to make it 5-2 uh, and it, this is funny for a lot of reasons, but I'll just sort of set the stage for the people listening at home that might not know, you know, the giveaways and all the important parts of this uh, thing. So it's country night. They're giving away hats, which we have C4. No, they're not yet. They, uh, there was a special ticket package you had to buy. Oh, you know? oh okay. got it. But C4 is wearing a cool hat. Uh, but I, I personal hat. Yeah, nice. Um, but so there was a, a hat that was a giveaway. But it was so funny that people loved their hats so much, no one wanted to toss on the ice. So almost everything that got on the ice was some other form of hat. I only saw like one or two of the gimmicky hat. I did like that someone gave him one uh, when he was the first star of the night so he could don it uh, at the end. But the fact that it's country night, there's a hat giveaway and he scores a hat trick and his, you know, Country Roads is his theme song and they played it three times. uh, Couldn't answer better. Yeah, incredible. Like, w- well done, marketing department. And, uh, you know, so uh, just you couldn't script it better if you tried. Um, but uh, <laughs> just to silence a lot of haters, too. I mean, it's just it, it killed so many birds in, in so many sense. So um, but I, I'm, I'm so happy about the game. So I got to ask from UC4, what was it like to go to this game? Oh, man, it was great. We had so much fun. Especially, I mean, every time Oshi scored, you know, the whole place, of course, starts singing. I did not wear this hat to the game. It's just too big. It would have gotten in the way. But um, I did wear my cowboy boots. Um, But it was just so much fun, Um, especially the hats flying, watching the hats fly. Somebody tried to grab my hat. And I was like, no, 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 no. Because I just bought it. No, not throwing it. Yeah, it's funny. It was also it was also um their college series, you know, their college night series that they have. So it was having to be James Madison University you night. You bought that that night though. I did. I so did. It was great. James Madison. I, so I have a collection of hats. The ones right above me on both of those mm-hmm. fingers are hats from Hat Trick Nights. So I never wear hats going to games, but I if I ever score a hat trick, so the one that's the Ovechkin one right yeah. there it was when yeah. he did the one against Sidney Crosby in the playoffs yeah. and that one is a Nicholas Backstrom hat trick yeah, over so the playoff. I happen I bought the JMU Capitals hat because my sister and my best friend went to James Madison University there we go <laughs> sorry then, everybody um, everybody talking about hats I felt left out 
<laughs> so yeah and then the other the hat that i wore to the game is signed by nicholas abe cubel so that wasn't going anywhere either so um yeah I, I didn't throw a hat but it was a lot of fun we had you know um a great time and just and the energy the energy you know talk about Oshio on the ice the energy is different when he's on the ice it is different there's, there's a leadership and a value that he has. It's just, it's hard to. Yeah. Even when he's not playing well when he's on the ice or if he's in the room, the energy is different. Mm -hmm. um, Him yeah. and Obi, you have both of them and there's just this yeah. energy between yeah. the two of them. And, you know, I think Obi yeah. plays. Now, one thing I noticed though, Obi, I don't know if he was on the second line that night but he was definitely on the second line on sunday i think tom wilson plays um, better when saturday we're together you know yeah but i do like that i did like that oshi um strom patch ready line yeah y'all mentioned it on the podcast the other day i really like that line i like that they seem to click really well and the third line is just i like that line too a lot now, if they can nail the first line and or the the other two lines, then we got something. I love that Nicholas Backstrom's on this road trip with them. So you know, it's, I it's, heard it's that. That I uh, heard that. It's the first time that he's been on a road trip, I believe. Yeah. You know, Is he skating time. yet? Uh, he was not participating in any morning skates or anything like that. So I don't know if he's skating on his own separately. Uh, they didn't say one way or another. Okay. Uh, but it, it's just for support, but I, I love having him in the locker room, you know? And so, um, I, I'm hoping that that can help them, you know, on a long road trip. And, uh, yeah. uh, so, uh, I'm still holding out hope that they make the playoffs and he does one of those, you know, you know things where they just enter the, you know, come back on the team because <laughs> there's yeah. like limited cap space and, you know, just, even if he's barely playing, just his presence, you know, in and around the team, I just think is because we're talking about people that's part of that core, that Stanley Cup championship, you know, core, yeah. uh, the guys we've got left, you know. So, um, but I, I'm happy that Tom Wilson's been playing really well. I think, you know, the numbers don't necessarily um, showcase that he's, you know, playing amazing, but from just from the eye test, I think that. Every time I see him on the ice, you know, he hustles and he's doing the yeah. right things and he's doing, he, he's quietly doing them. Which is why it's so funny that people talk a lot of trash on him and they don't really understand what he brings to the table, but he brings a lot of intangibles. And I think especially from the defensive point of view, he does a lot of penalty killing, a lot of, you know, tough uh, times where you have to jam up another team, you know, as a forward and you know, play a lot of defensive minutes. Um, you know, he's deployed in a lot of ways that maybe don't show up in the box score all the time. Uh, but really bring value to that what are some of your thoughts on some of that Gil? uh well um you know again we talked about this uh on on the podcast and uh it's not that he does not have any value to the team um unfortunately not a whole lot of people have been able to see that over the course of the last two seasons because he's had so many injuries now i'm hoping this visit to you know his minnesota uh chiropractor um i um I have a feeling the uh, chiropractor reads um, shaman. Maybe I don't know if that was the case or not. I'm hoping I don't care to be honest, but whatever it is, he did. Um, 
he seems to have found the fountain of youth, as Anna said, and uh, it, it's rejuvenated him. That's hopefully lasts uh, this season and beyond. Um, and yeah, they are just a different team with him in the lineup. And, you know, it, like you said, Robbie, there's, you know, there's so many fans out there who see him get hurt and he's, he misses so much time and they're like, okay, get rid of him, get rid of him. We have this culture in our fan base that s- player starts to slip just a little bit and it's get rid of him. And, you know, can't, can't do that. What if, what if they thought that way about Mantha? What if that actually happened with Mantha? Look at, look at his resurgence. Yes. It's a contract year. Yes. He's probably going to be gone. If we're all being honest with ourselves by the trade deadline or off season, but even so, you know, it's when they play together as a team, it's when they find it within them to put the best of themselves on the ice uh, that, that they're a quality team and they can compete. But, you know, admittedly, they're still missing a lot of pieces. But this this was another example of what can happen when they give a 60 minute effort and they they come to the ice and they feel it. Mm hmm. I want to thank, uh, we just got a raid. A lot of people are in chat. I just wanted to thank everyone for being such a lively and fun bunch over there. I just didn't want to ignore them, but I thank Andy and Davey for being in chat. And uh, uh, also the True No Spots podcast has raided us, uh, another podcast on our network that is hosted by Champ. And Champ will be on this show in a little bit, but that's cool that he was on, uh, I don't know what they were doing, but maybe Champ can let us know in chat uh, what they were up to on uh, their podcast. That's awesome. They were doing uh, a show before a show. Um, so Champ will be heavily featured in our uh, NFL roundtable. Um, and uh, and Davey saying Oshie had a really good game in that first game versus the Rangers a couple of weeks back. It's true. Uh, he mm-hmm. did. And welcome in low base guy as well. And um, and yeah, Champ, let people know what you were doing on your podcast over there. And thank you for the raid. Um so yeah, um, it, it's been an interesting week for sure. I kind of expected with this very emotional win that we weren't going to fare as well in the second half of uh, this back-to-back, you know, going, you know, to uh, St. Louis. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I caught moments of this game, but I didn't catch all of it. Um, uh but yeah, I mean, having a shorthanded goal in the first period, uh, I think is kind of demoralizing. I'm going to go fill this water, but Gil, talk to me about um, this thing, and I'm listening in my ear about your thoughts on some of this game. I know they got they scored once in each period, um, uh, but we weren't able to get the offense going. Yeah, no, it was, it was another night where uh, the offense failed to show up. Now, stop me if you've heard this before. Um, and yeah, just as, just as you said, Robbie, uh, uh, early on, early on, um, they, they broke two Cardinal rules. Don't give up a goal hyper early in the game and definitely don't give up a shorthanded goal. Um, cause it just knocks the energy right out of you. And three minutes in, you know, that they, they did both. And I think, I think that just whatever, whatever energy, whatever, you know, life force they had. Now, uh, what little of it there was, it just it just sapped their strength, and they just they never bounced back from it. They they didn't they did they just didn't have it. They only mustered eighteen shots on goal, and you know they had quite a few high danger chances in front of Jordan Bennington um, on the power play chances they got. Um, some of which I don't know. I really don't know how they didn't go in, but 
had at least maybe one of them had gone in, the look of the game might have been different. But, you know, if, if the shorthand goal, given that up, didn't kill their momentum, that that certainly did. Um, so yeah, yeah, it, was playing the part of the brick wall pretty well that night. Yeah, after I would say after about the second power play chance that they failed to convert on, I, I think that the energy was just completely gone and they were just they were just and, playing it out. Well, St. Louis came out angry too. You know, they let in five goals, you know, Bennington let in five goals, you know, three nights before. Right. They're they're gonna want something back for that. So I think they came out playing a little harder than we expected them to, and then that shorthanded goal just and then I'm going to be honest, I didn't, I saw all the first period parts of the second and fell asleep during the third. So, and then I woke up just in time to hear about the matching majors at the end and all that. So, um, so I did miss some of the game, but what I saw was just like you said, they're just, the funny thing is we had 59% to 41% in the face-off circle, but we just couldn't convert I'll it. Figure. We couldn't do anything with it. Yeah. Um, so the Devils just uh, scored and uh, uh, beat the Golden Knights six five there. Um, and uh, but I want to thank everyone for tuning in and the raid and hanging out and Pokemon catching so many fun stuff going on. But I agree, it it was a rough game. I was honestly in and out of watching this game uh, most of the night. Uh, I I had a date night, which was wonderful. Uh, my kids actually had their first overnight together at my parents. Uh, and it was successful. So I did catch parts of it, but then the second it went to three, nothing, I, I have to admit, I turned it off. So it's like, I'm not going to let this ruin my night. And it was going yeah. about as I expected. Um, but uh, so I was kind of tuning in and out of it throughout. I, I didn't uh, see the unsportsmanlike conduct, but Gil, do you know why there was one at the end of the game? Um, Tom Wilson and I believe it was Robert Thomas, um, who's one of their yeah. best players. Uh, they, they'd been go, going at it all night. Um, and, uh, I think it just finally blew up. I didn't, I didn't see the exact moment myself, uh, admittedly. February got the unsportsmanlike. So I wonder if he was like an additional man in on a fight. I don't know what the deal is. There. Well, there, there's, a, it, well, there's had it... there were a couple of them. Cause there was in the second period, there was Robert Thomas, Connor McMichael, Matthew Kessel, and Martin Ferrari all got two minute minors for unsportsmanlike. And at the end of the game, uh, Tom Wilson got a two-minute minor. Oh for yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Cross-checking at a ten-minute for misconduct, and then Thomas got two-minute minor for unsportsmanlike and ten-minute misconduct. So, so yeah, there were two really odd plays at the end know. of the periods. Yeah. And and, and I, I remember seeing the second period one. There, Craig and Joe were like, "What the what?" <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, that first set that first set of penalties called towards the end of the second period. I, I think that was a, a left-handed attempt by the refs to get some sort of control in the game. Uh, honestly, uh, just them interjecting themselves, saying, "Okay, we're we're here. Don't forget about us. You know, we're we're out here doing a job too, and and we're going to show you that we're doing a job, yeah. even though we don't need to do a job." But yeah, I, I think that's what that was about. Yeah. Um, uh, C4, any final thoughts on uh, on this game before we get into the upcoming week ahead? 
Uh, no, but I just find it hard to believe they actually only played, let's see, 22 and what was it 42 penalty minutes. So 60 minus 42 is <laughs> very few minutes of five on five hockey, it seems, except yeah. for when they had the 10 minute. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. It's kind of those choppy games. You just can't get. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it was just one of those games. St. Louis came back and was playing, and we just weren't. We either weren't ready for it, or it's we tough were... to get on the road for a second half of a back to back. We also have won a yeah. lot of back to backs um, this season, more than I can remember in any previous season. So um, we're due. Yeah, you're not going to win them all. So. You know, so we've lost the, the second half of back to backs two times in a row now. But on the flip side of that, like at least we won the first game, so it's like right. we're not like getting swept in them, which is what I'm, my big concern would be. So, yeah. um, I'll, all right, I'll so- take the, the I'll take the the four points we got and run with it. Not kind of feeling we were going to split St. Louis anyway, so. Exactly. So they did about as well as I had hoped going into the week. So let's talk about the upcoming week uh, the, at Minnesota on Tuesday or tomorrow if you're listening live, eight o'clock uh, p.m. And then we go to Colorado uh, on Wednesday. So it's a back-to-back again. Uh, that one's a 9.30 start um, out in Colorado. And then on Saturday, we're at Dallas. And that's at 2 p.m. Uh, in the afternoon uh, game. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And so let's just focus on those. Uh, Gil, starting with the Minnesota game, uh, what are your thoughts on them? Um, well, Minnesota's not um... – May not be as bad, um, especially if you've got you're going to go against uh, the the flower in net. Who um, you talk about somebody that that also may have found the fountain of youth. Um, I don't know if he's going to be starting or not, but um, they're they're going to be tough out. But I think uh, Caps are playing a superior game. I'm not going to mark that down as a win just out of hand. But I they put it this way on paper, the Caps should win. Um, but you know, hopefully they take the loss against St. Louis and learn from that and, and move on, um, Colorado, different story. Um, they're, they're playing at a very high level, uh, Kale McCarr, one of the uh, best defensemen in the game, um, is, uh, I think he's tied actually now with, he's either tied or regained the lead as far as a defenseman scoring points. Uh, but yeah, very tough out. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how that game's going to go. Um, there's a chance they might win, but you know, again, Colorado's been playing fairly well uh, lately, um, seven three and zero on their last ten. And then you got Dallas uh, Saturday, and uh, Dallas always—I don't know what it is with them, but whether they play here or we play there, it's—it just never seems to work out. So I'm—I'm going to go ahead and mark that down as a loss. Um, but again, if as long as they come at um, these games with some sort of competitive fire and, you know, take something into them and then learn something from the loss, uh, I'll, I'll be satisfied. Yeah. So I was looking at the Minnesota wild, uh, you know, in the last eight, they lost their first four in a row. Then they won three out of their last four, including against the Islanders at, at, at Florida and at Carolina losing to Tampa Bay seven to three, but, um they uh you know they've been playing much better as of late especially going to uh florida and carolina and getting you know be able to score six and five against both of those teams so we gotta have to be worried 
that they've been coming alive as of late. They were struggling for a good portion of the season. Um, so um, what are some of your thoughts, C4? Yeah, I think this game might be tougher than we expect. We we did beat them back in October, but it went to a shootout, and both teams have evolved significantly since then. So um, I want to say we'll, we – can win this game like Gil said on paper we should win this game but if Flurry's in goal you just don't know because he's got our number he's always had it um so it's gonna be I think it's gonna be tougher than we think it's going to be I think we can come out with the win if we play you know if we just keep in the game and keep our heads and play our game um Colorado like Gil said um it, that's actually you know a whole nother level it's going to be tough to beat them. Um, I'd like to see us win, but we probably won't. They do have, you know, like Gil said, McCarr, one they're of the best defensemen. Right oh, really and I'm being told their special teams are doing much better. They're on the penalty. The penalty kill and power play are on fire and doing well. Um, and as far as Dallas, like Gil said, it's a 50 50 shot there. I don't, you, you just never know. We don't have Samsung off to save us this time. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. I'll be happy if we win one of these games. I, but I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't win any either, which is rather yeah. a hard thing to say. But again, it just depends on what team shows up to. All predictions. Well, I mean, this this is going to be a year where um, Caps probably lose a lot of games they should win. But if you fast forward the next year, you know, these very same games, they'll probably end up winning. Yeah, you know, because because they'll have some of these guys aren't some of these players uh, that they have playing aren't used to the regular playing time. You know, we just signed one of them uh, to a long term contract, Alexi Protus. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, him, McMichael, um, heck okay. even, uh, Owe Kubel, uh, you know, who's bounced around so many teams, you yeah, know, they're, it's they're, the they're it's still, just... yeah, they're still learning to gel as a team. So you're going to have these rough patches as good as they play. Sometimes you're going to keep on running into these rough patches, especially mm -hmm. against quality teams. So yeah. it's to be expected. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree. I think in a couple of years, uh, I'm excited to see how this youth and this infusion and the Hershey players. And um, I still think there's so much room for them to grow, even in this season, you know, seasons have to be looked at as like sections, you know, a quarter of a season, you know, you can't, the whole season's too long to look at it as one thing. I mean, but you can improve from quarter to quarter, you know, sneak into the playoffs and catch fire at the right time. We see it all the time. So you just kind of have to, you know, work and try to figure out what's the right pairing, the right chemistry, start to understand each other's tendencies and, you know, play better team defense. And we've seen some of that in some of the recent games and you could see huge jumps, not even season to season, but even, you know, week to week, month to month. So um, I believe in this coach. He seems to have them playing pretty well. Um, and yeah, he's still new. You know, he's still learning his players and understanding how to develop his own system and his stamp on the team. 
And, um, you know, I think that we're moving in a very positive direction. Uh, you know, I see growth, you know, throughout. I mean, we played the Rangers really tough, and they're one of the top teams in the league. If you just look at this last month, overall, we did lose to Jersey, Carolina, Seattle, Rangers, and the second half of that St. Louis one. But almost all of those have been, you know, either pretty good games or against pretty top talent team, you know. So um, I, 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 people are so doom and gloom on Facebook and it's painful at times. I'm just like, you have to understand that I, I get that we just won the cup five years ago, but like this team is almost completely stripped all of those players out, you know, or they're playing very different roles if they're still yes. on the team. And so they got to learn to win again with all these new young talent and all this sort of stuff. And, um, you know, they've gone through so many coaches, you know, speaking of former coaches, uh, the Islanders got rid of one of our old coaches. Cause there's a lot of talk that maybe we should have kept him, uh, once upon a time. Um, but, uh, I don't know. Go, what are your, what are your thoughts going into this upcoming week in a uh, couple weeks? Um, well, so, so this last week of games, um, Minnesota, Colorado, and Dallas uh, is the last week before the All-Star break. Um, now, traditionally, um, Caps don't do well. Uh, it, this is what I'm worried about. Caps don't do so well when they have a, a long layoff. But um, actually, it might do them some good, um, especially the veterans. So I'm, I'm not too, too worried about it because, again, this is this is a transitional year. They're still learning how to play play as a team. Uh, maybe some time away from the rink will you know do them some good, you know, especially for a guy like uh, Beck Malenstein who just you know just had his first child, you know let let him bond with his family a, a little bit. Yeah. You know, it, it it I would not be surprised if uh, if this is and this does end up being an O three week. And, and if it does, it's not a tragedy. It's not the end of the season. It's not the end, certainly not the end of the world. Um, if they go into the break with, with that, it's, it's not as if, you know, the season's over. Um, it'll put a big dent in their playoff hopes, but they're not supposed to be making the playoffs anyway. So uh, it, it, you have to look at the game over game. How do I put this? Um, what, at least how competitive they are game over game. I kind of like to think of this season for us as a track meet or a season, a track season in track. The goal is to do better than you did the time before. Right. Run your event better every time. So winning is bonus. So this season, next season, the following season, think of it as a track meet. Our goal is not to win the cup for the next two, three, four years. Our goal is to get better every season so that in three, you know, four or five years, whatever, we win another cup. Or So think of it that and, and way. That's been like 60 goals along the way. The well, year. yeah, that's... <laughs> Yeah, but he'll be he'll be the first he he would be the first to tell you that, you know, that 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 would be great for him to get. But it's not necessarily a must have, you know, the must have for him and all the vets, you know, according to the coaching staff is let's get back to the playoffs. And I still say they're going to make a run for it. They're going to be close. It's very Mm -hmm. likely, though, they're going to come up just a little short. But 
next season's going to be a different story, I think. Right. So, yeah. yeah, I think the goal right now is just to get better every season. Right. Yeah, I agree. All I right, mean, there's well, some people out there going, yeah, we need to win, we need to win, we need to win. Well, no, we really don't. We just Not need really. To- no, no, and 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 yeah. I think I I I think there's also this talk of well, let's make some deals now. Now that the, the trade deadline is what six weeks away, uh, five six weeks away, let's go ahead and make some deals and improve the team now. To what end? To what end? They We've they would got- be good. They would be good for another year or two, maybe. And then guess what? You're going to end up right back where you started at the yeah. beginning of last season. Right. With, we with have older players. We, need. we have the pieces we need. Now we need to get them gelled and molded into where, you know, and figure out where they go. I think we have almost all the pieces we need. There's probably one or two things. We I can think they're, they're missing. They're missing one or two key components, but they're getting there. They're we're getting there. We're missing a, a strong shooter. A, we're missing a goaltender coach um (laughs) but there are pieces that are missing but i think for the most part we have what we need right now and you know my biggest fear with the trade deadline is gmbm's going to do what he's done before yeah trade the future for the now because the fans are screaming we need to win now and no we you know no doesn't do that but no it'll be interesting to see i it's hard to say. I, I kind of think that we're going to stay pat. I, I, I honestly, there's nothing yeah. in the trajectory of the way that the team has been playing or any of like the rumors or anything that makes me think that he's going to sell too many pieces at the deadline or buy too many pieces at the deadline because I think the yeah. team is actually gelling and playing pretty well. I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind seeing this through as it currently stands and making some yeah. adjustments after that. I, I don't. You know, because we weren't supposed to make the playoffs anyway, but we still might, you know, so, um, yeah, it's. Yeah, I'd like to see where we go with the team as it is right now, and then maybe in the off season make a few adjustments. But for now, I think we're fine. Yeah, I do, too. And then they're just trying, they're just starting to gel. And we're just finally seeing Max, you know, it's just funny. He was a key component in the off season that everyone just kind of forgot about, right? Which, understandably so, because we got him for the second half of the season, and it's hard as a fan to get excited about. But, you know, now he's here, and now it's the second half of the season. And it's nice to have players that can come in and rejuvenate a team in what is historically a very doldrums, you know, we, we... Caps fans forget about this. They often have very good starts, better than what we're doing right now. And then right. we hit this huge tailspin in the middle of the season, and then we climb out of it just in time to make the playoffs, and then usually flounder out. I mean, that is like the average right. trajectory of a capital season. And mm-hmm. um, I would rather flounder a little at the beginning, start playing better, gel, then catch fire at the end. I mean, that that is a better solution if you want to actually win in the postseason. But We'll see how they do over the next couple of weeks. This will be a good test on this West Coast uh, run. So uh, mm-hmm. we, maybe we'll talk about it. Davey in chat, um, who's from L.A., who likes hockey as well, said that he might even join us next week to talk about it. And who knows, maybe we can get Anna on too. Maybe we have a really big uh, hockey uh, roundtable next week. So we'll see what we do with that one. Um, but I'm going to let everyone give their final thoughts, and then we're going to switch on over to football. But uh, C4, thank you again for joining us. Um, you know, I think it was Welcome. a really great discussion. My pleasure. 
and uh, my heart is with you, um, you know, and uh, take whatever time that you need, obviously. So there's never any pressure here, but we always love to have you. And uh, I might, I may or may not be here Monday. I'll let you know. Yeah, no, there's zero pressure whatsoever. Depends how things go over the weekend. Yeah, but uh, know that we're with you no matter where you are, whether you're here or elsewhere. Yeah. And um, uh, thank you for uh, giving our in uh, account of going to the game, which is really fun. I'm happy that uh, you got to see that. I think hat tricks are one of the most exciting things to see live. Oh, it's amazing. Actually, um, for the record, Marcus, it was his first in-person hat trick that he had oh, seen. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. Can you also shout out the podcast that you do with him before you? Yeah, go? we're we've actually fallen behind. We haven't done one recently because we've both been pretty busy. But it is the Capitals Off Their Chains podcast. Um, we are, yeah, with things as we were hoping to do one um, earlier this month, but with things just on my end and then him working, and it's just. And the roller coaster. We're yeah, just I want people to know so that behind right now, but episodes they can um, catch those as I well. will I will certainly make sure that um it gets posted when we do our next one. Um it isn't quite as structured as this, it's more of a free-for-all, as Gil can attest to. He's been on it a couple of times. Um, so that's why that's the off their chains because it's just kind of I kind of wish that I could do that, but we we try to talk about every game in a season and it's tough, but you yeah. know, I love when we get to have some of our side conversations, but, uh, but yeah, people should go check that out. Um, it's and, on Spotify. Yeah. It's on Spotify. So I appreciate your time as always. And we'll, we'll talk to you soon whenever that is. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Gil, uh, we'll give one last shout out to your podcast and let people know uh, what the plans are for this week. Um, well, there there aren't any plans yet, <laughs> but uh, it's the it's the Power Play Point podcast. We're uh, coming up on episode two forty six this week. Um, well, th- well, the plan on paper is to cover the three the three games um, the uh, that they're going to play on this uh, Midwestern road swing, and uh, talk about those and how the team's progressing. Um, um, uh, Anna is tentatively uh, scheduled to be on with me. And then um, we might take a bit of a break before that for the all-star game, because um, I don't plan on even watching a single second of coverage for that because I don't much care for how, how they plan on presenting things. So um, don't be surprised if I answered my question, if we wanted to help preview it next week, (laughs) I said, I was going to my next question. I was like, well, I guess, I guess not. Um, No, no, no. I'm sorry. I can't see it either. I don't know. I, I don't I, I don't see any entertainment value. There's nothing for me. Um, Tom Wilson will not be featured in the skills challenge. Um, I don't like the game format with the captains. Uh, I, I there's just nothing for me there. So I'm I'm not I'm, 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 I'm backing out. He's, so he's not getting any skill competitions. That's as lame. far as I understand it. No, he's not participating. I could be wrong, but that that's that's what I heard. Yeah. Oh, that, that kind of sucks some of the fun out of it for me. I used to really like it because I kind of thought it was like the Olympics for the NHL, but I'll be curious to see if I might take a break. It's as well. So many changes over the last few years. It's like, it's not even worth watching anymore. No, I remember when not. it was actually a game, you know, they actually had a game yeah. and now it's all this other yeah, random stuff. Three on three and yeah. It was yeah. always the skills competition for me, but yeah, they've yeah, even managed, they've managed to ruin that too. Yeah. That's that's sad. yeah. So that was always my favorite part as well. 
All right. Well, um, but definitely uh, Gil might be taking a hiatus or we might be talking about those three games. So we can stay tuned to uh, the podcast partners button on sportsothp.com for more on that. And then I'll give Gil a quick little shout out in uh, chat as well. And uh, you can catch all of his stuff there. But uh, Gil, thank you for joining us as well. And uh, we'll talk to you next week to recap uh, this week's games. And maybe we'll have some other special guests with us. Absolutely. All right. All right. Night C4. Love you. All right. Good night. All right. So with that, we'll uh, bring in our football roundtable. I'm going to do uh, some switching around of the graphics. Um, and uh, we're going to uh, we're going to start off with uh, the Ravens, actually, um, since uh, we do have Tim on. We also have Champ on as well. And there, I think Arun is coming in as well. Perfect. And um, so first of all, I'll introduce everybody. But Tim, uh, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing great after Saturday. Uh, really excited for the for um, next Sunday. And obviously happy to, find, I guess not finally get a playoff win, but finally get to an AFC championship game with Lamar and in Baltimore. It's, uh, it's been many decades, so. Yeah, Not in for, our whole lifetime, yeah. we've never hosted a conference championship as the yeah. Ravens. Um, so longest drought for a city between yeah. games. There are cities that haven't had one, but yeah, that's true. But uh, I'm excited. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Taylor comes to town uh, or not, and uh, see with all the uh, or, or the you know the he probably will. Yeah, they're probably all. We're gonna come probably get a box or something. They seem to have a good time. Yeah, extra, extra security. Buffalo. Um, Champ, we're going to bring you in next. Champ, what were you doing on a Monday podcast or video or what were you, you rated in? I'm excited to see you and, and see your raid. Yeah. Um, so we normally do the podcast when it's not a pay-per-view on Sundays, but uh, yesterday I just wasn't feeling it. Not that I haven't been feeling good physically, uh, mentally haven't been there. You know that I lost my dad la- uh, last month and then got the news that my girlfriend's dad passed away Saturday. So double jeopardy on my son, uh, losing both of his grandparents and the sp- grandfathers in the span of a month. So I just said, you know what, we're going to do a Monday pod. And I said, you know what, it'll be perfect. Cause then once I'm done with the Monday pod, I rate it in and then I come in and I do this pod and stuff like that. So, uh, this, this, a, this is probably going to be a one-time thing. I'm not going to do it again. Cause doing two pods in one, in one day is, 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 is exhausting. Yeah, I I can't imagine. I thought in your honor, I was trying to find something to watch tonight, and so I actually have Raw on uh, in the in the background, and I know that you usually watch the replays. I don't know if you're watching it live or if um uh, you if you're recording it, but it's cool to yeah, see. Yeah, uh, recording it. Yeah, I won't say anything too much, but I'm I'm, I'm watching CM Punk do a a, a promo, so we'll just leave it at that. Um, which shouldn't give anything away since that's not surprising. In the well, league. he 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 teased on his Instagram Willard. story. That- He's, he's on his Instagram story that he was going to go face to face with Cody Rose. So I kind of know what that's all about. I just can't, I just want to, I'm, I can't wait to hear what they're going to say to each other. Yeah. They're in each other's face right now. So I'll just, I'll leave that at that. But it's, I, uh, I thought I rarely put on wrestling in the background, but I, uh, I figured tonight is, uh, is that night, especially I lured a wrestling podcast to rate me. So it was, uh, it was, uh, the right call, I guess. Um, but I appreciate you for joining us. I'm sorry that you've been having a rough week. Uh, I know C4 was having, 
a rough week as well. So, um, but I appreciate you giving the time and, uh, and coming on and, and joining us um, and being a part of this discussion. It, it was a, a pretty exciting week for football. Um, there some really good games uh, that we'll be breaking down. And Arun, our, our last guest of this uh, roundtable, um, uh, were you able to uh, watch all these uh, crazy games this weekend? Yeah, I watched, um, I actually went to a bachelor party, but I did watch the game at the bachelor party, which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> that is kind of hilarious. There were some good games, though. I, I, that's kind of still a fun party, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, well, let's go into it. Um, I, I think we're going to try to get this whole entire podcast into two hours. We haven't done it in a long time, uh, but I think we, we can sort of get through these games pretty quick. I know that Tim's got an early morning and I know that you guys are busy and I know that Champ's now doing his second podcast. So we're going to you not speed run it, but not like spend a crazy amount on each of the games. But we're going to start off uh, with the Ravens uh, since um, Tim, you'll have to know it was tied 10, 10 at halftime and I was about to go out on a date night um, and I went through my closet and I found this jacket and I put it on. Oh. And suddenly they played a whole lot better in the second half. So uh, I, I'm now t- keeping it sacred and I will only wear it during games. Um, but yeah, keep, uh, it, keep it going as long as it works. Exactly. Um, now good luck. Yeah. So uh, I'm happy that I found it because I hadn't worn it the whole year until that game. So, um, but. Uh, you must have some old Joe Flacco luck old, or something. Old Joe Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, I, it was a really, so I caught bits and pieces of this game because I was transporting my children to my parents' house. Um, they were doing an overnight there. And then I went uh, to um, a date night, but I did get to watch, you know, big chunks of it. And uh, I do shout out to YouTube TV for allowing me to yeah. <laughs> watch it on the go uh, in a way that would have been very difficult otherwise. Uh, but just, I thought that they played a really good first half, a fe- kind of feeling out half. I know that they it was tied 10-10, but uh, the defense only allowed three points. Uh, unfortunately, a special team's mistake allowed you know, seven yeah. more. Um, but I thought that they played well, especially with a lot of their starters and, and big primetime people being, you know, not playing a meaningful game in two weeks. Um, and then you're thrust into against a team that just played a really – great game the week before in a tough environment and so um you know that could be tough it's set up as trap game a lot of people were discounting both one seeds you know seeing all the craziness in the wild card weekend in the end both one seeds win uh but uh i thought it was kind of a good thing that they didn't show all their cards in the first half and then they just sort of bunkered down and just you know, played a solid game not that they didn't play solid defense in the first half but the offense kind of found their groove and I was talking to someone today, and I want to get your thoughts on this. I kind of like the fact that they didn't show all the cards in the sense that the other team couldn't make adjustments at halftime. And so they don't necessarily know what's coming. And then yeah. you know, I thought that they, in the second half, pulled out some tricks and they didn't really couldn't adjust on the fly. And I think that that seemed to work in their favor. What were some of your thoughts on uh, some of that? Yeah, the Texans, uh, they, they, I would say their defensive game plan in in the first half was great because they just said, we're going to blitz all, you know, 70% of the time. And let's just see if Lamar will get take sacks or is he going to hold the, hold the ball too long and try to throw deep. And in the first half, it mostly worked. The, The Texans got 
several sacks and the Ravens were only able to score 10 points. Obviously, you know, the offense was really disappointed at halftime. The defense was great the whole game, but the offense really didn't get it going until the, into the second half. And I think it was just number one, they didn't really do a lot of Lamar design runs until the second half. And that was new really from really the whole season. They haven't done a lot of that to keep him healthy. So I think that that really um, surprised the Texans. And the second thing was they, they still tried to blitz in the second half, but he just kept picking them apart um, short and intermediate routes. I think they did a good job with the screen game to counter yeah, some of that you know, blitzing. And also just getting it out and then, you know, yeah, quick release. Yeah. You know, quick horizontal routes that gets them moving upfield so not running into the heart of the defense, you know. And then, you know, it's setting up play action that Lamar can then, you know, pretend to give it away and then hold it with a design run, as you were talking about, where at that point they're so off, you know, kilter that they don't really know how to defend it. Yeah, exactly. And I think on defense, Stroud, he's a great he's a great quarterback. I'm I'm still impressed. I mean, he wasn't great that game but he wasn't bad and he does he doesn't turn the ball over he he throws the ball away when he should it's just I don't want to say he was nervous but he hasn't really seen that type of blitz and pressure a lot this season and their offense really just couldn't match the intensity in the second half and if you think about it that special teams play I mean it was a great return it was a bad punt um, if you take that out of the game, you know, the Texans really didn't do much. It could yeah, have been a, kind of a, blow a bigger blowout. Yeah. 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 And, but I, I mean, I was nervous at halftime. I mean, yeah, I was too. Hurt. I didn't know what to expect. It was really yeah. cute. So Zach and my dad watched the second half of the game while we oh, were nice. So, um, so he was so excited that they won. And, uh, so that was kind of cool that he got to share that. That's with great. Um, and so, uh, I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm I'm really happy about. It. I really think the atmosphere. You can't say enough about. You know. You know yeah, what all the false starts. Do, you know, with the false starts, and really, I I think that had a huge impact of the game. And I think I'm gonna be curious to see if it has the same level of impact on Kansas City. Now they've been to like six championships now. You know, so. Yeah. They've been probably much less. It won't yeah. help them, but. But, but I still think yeah. that they haven't experienced being in an adverse crowd as often and you know in in the championship game a lot of those i believe were at home if i remember correctly all of them yeah first five were at home yeah mahomes won three out of five that's good i mean but this is different and i mean buffalo's crowd was great i mean possibly as good or you know as baltimore so they're used to it but also i just think the, the ravens are probably a better team overall and they're more rested so that'll help but i mean kansas city they're champions i mean you could i, I how could you be surprised if they just ran the table and no one expected it but um they i think they're more banged up i, I saw a lot of injuries in the buffalo kansas city game so we'll see who plays but they're not the freshest team right now yeah. All right. I want to get Ken and Arun's thoughts on this game as well. So I'll go to Ken first. Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, this uh, matchup? I mean, Baltimore looked real dicey in that first half. They had three straight three and out drives 
after they had that field goal. And then they had the uh, punt return touchdown that happened. So it was looking really dicey for them when they went in a half tied 10 to 10. But then, uh, and apparently Lamar uh, mentioned this in the post-game presser, that he was the one that gave the pep talk at halftime with a lot of expletives. And apparently that woke the team up because they had four straight scoring drives. All four of their drives, four of their five drives in the second half were scoring drives. Three touchdown drives and one field goal drive. Whereas the defense stepped up and Houston couldn't do anything. This is one of this is a rare subpar game for CJ Stroud, who's having a rookie of the year season uh at quarterback. But this is a rare misfire for him. Didn't throw a single touchdown pass uh and had a very uh, poor quarterback rate of 72.2. Um, and the offense as a whole for Houston just didn't show up to the, at this game, whereas Baltimore woke up in the second half, found their mojo, and ended up just getting it done. Uh, Lamar Jackson, me and Tim said this uh, during, the game, during the game in our group chat, that I think that Lamar Jackson may have sealed his um, MVP win with this performance, 150 in the air and 100 on the ground, four total touchdowns. Uh, for Baltimore and I think Baltimore has all the momentum and it's going to be hostile and lit when when they hit uh, for the AFC championship game on Sunday yeah I think it's gonna be a great matchup um, I, I'm very excited about this game uh, Davies in chat and he, he was talking about uh, that they only scored three points on offense or t- touchdowns a defensive score uh, that sums it up right there they had to run the ball better if they were going to beat Baltimore but it's hard to run against Baltimore I just there's just such a solid defense all the way through it's it's like what I would hope for and hope that the commanders try to emulate going forward um, just because I find it it's kind of hard to run against them they've got yeah they blitz so much they've got pretty good pass defenders you know it's um it'll just be interesting to see i think that obviously travis kelsey is such a dominant figure in the postseason they'll have to keep him down but um it'll, it'll be interesting to see um uh, the, the matchups um for sure Arun, what are some of your thoughts on this game um, it was very similar to the week one matchup, even though it was a lot of time had passed. Like even that game in the first half, it was seven to six. And um, Ken said that CJ Stroud didn't throw a touchdown in this game. CJ Stroud didn't throw a touchdown in that game. Um, I think the Ravens are probably a little bit rusty. Like they rested their starters or a lot of their players in their Steelers game and they had a bye week. So maybe that explains like the first half. And the Texans' defense, it's a little bit underrated too, but I think the Ravens made the necessary adjustments, as Tim alluded to. They ran the ball very well. And uh, Zay Flowers, he made like a lot of great catches, likely had a key touchdown. Um, definitely sets up an interesting matchup for the conference championship. Yeah. Um, I think that that's a good segue. Let's talk about the other side um uh, of the AFC uh, bracket I think it's just easier to talk that way and then we can talk about uh the NFC um so this game between Buffalo and Kansas City was an incredible game um I I, I just feel so bad for Kansas City or for Buffalo I'm just continuously losing to Kansas City every time the field goal uh just my my heart broke when that happened I just I really thought that they were going to find a way this year. I thought the last couple of seasons they were going to, but um, Tim talk a little bit about the, you know, the end of this game. You talked already about the atmosphere, but just, I thought this was a pretty great game all the way through. 
it was a great game. The the one thing that was odd to me was really the first, um, I would say two and a half quarters, both teams were just trading scores. There wasn't a punt in this game until almost halftime. So we thought, or everybody, I think, thought it was going to be like a 50 to 47 game. But then all of a sudden, the the last quarter, both defenses really stepped it up and forced a lot of stops. You had the terrible, terrible uh, fake punt, one of the worst playoff calls I've seen because it was just like a nothing run. Um, You had the fumble in the end zone, out of the end zone, which uh, apparently a lot of people didn't know that rule. So that's controversial too. Um, And then you also happened twice this year that I've seen. Yeah, It's not crazy rare. I've seen it before. Actually it happened in a Baltimore versus Washington game where uh, Baltimore intercepted it, but then fumbled like that. Yeah. I remember that. uh, Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I feel terrible for Buffalo to lose on a kick like that because it's just historical and painful for that city. But they need to they need to give sorry, dogs outside. They need to give um Allen more weapons, I think. I, I I think Diggs is probably gonna leave Buffalo and isn't that happy isn't very happy there. And even with him, and he's great, um they they need more, I think, on offense and defense. Um, defense got their defense was hurt and they didn't have a lot of rest, but on offense, they just need a few more playmakers and just, you know, like even when Allen plays an A minus game, like last night, very good game. They still can't beat KC. So it's like, they got to do more around him to win a Super Bowl because the AFC is stacked. So I, I feel bad for them, but. They're right there, but they're always like, you know, one play short. Your fans are so die hard they were feeding a pit with people. Did you hear about this story? Where they somebody fell into a pit and they they won. <laughs> so then they lined up to fall into a pit to try to get the juju right. So the people That's fell into a pit and they still I'm like, oh god. So it's just like you can't make this shit up. But like, they're they're some of the most diehard fans. Bills Mafia, like yeah, they like break tables and stuff. Yeah, I just God, I feel for them. They they don't win though. I feel like they got a Canadian jinx too because I feel like Canada kind of roots for them as like a. Oh yeah, they 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 have a lot of Canadian fans because it's so close. Plus, they played in Toronto before. Yeah, that's not helping. Yeah, for sure. Ken, what were some of your thoughts on this matchup? First of all, Jason Kelsey is a wild dude being <laughs> in a Casey hat and jumping in the middle of those fools. But he has no taking fear. a bowling ball shot before the game. Yeah, I saw that. I said, I said, Jason Kelsey is living his best life now that he's retired. He's living his best life. He don't care. Anyway, so another thing that was historic about this game was the fact that in this game, Mahomes and Kelsey tied and then broke the record for most touchdowns by a quarterback tight end duo. The record was previously 15 by Tom Brady and Gronk, but now Kelsey and Mahomes stand alone at 16. Think about that. That's in six years that Pat Mahomes has been in the has been in the league as made playoffs. Six years, and they've cried, they've made accumulated 16 touchdown hookups. That's crazy. 
Also, big shout out to Isaiah Pacheco, who had a really good day game running, came three yards short of a 100 yard game, uh, 100 yard day, had 15 rushes for 97 yards and a touchdown. Buffalo just got burnt, just just so unlucky with that wide right. Seems like that's a, a forever coach with this team in big spots. It goes wide right, and they fall short, but it sets up a great matchup with Kansas City going from one hostile territory of Buffalo and Bills Mafia to an even more hostile territory in Baltimore and that rabbit fan base. I wonder if Mahomes got the magic to try to get through that one. I don't know. Yeah, I still... I want the Ravens to win so bad. But I'm just so nervous with having – they just have so much history and the knowledge that they need in that experience. Like, it's just – none of that can be discounted. You know, no matter – even if there's different players, injuries, whatever, but, like, as a group that they have that that belief, right? And so that's going to – it's a tough thing to try to snuff out. Uh, Arun, what are some of your thoughts on uh, that Kansas City-Buffalo game? Yeah, the both teams, even the the Bills, they kind of slowed down in the second half. Uh, the they couldn't really run the ball as much with Allen. The Chiefs made the, that adjustment, and then um, I think uh, that uh, punt was really bad. That special teams punt that Tim was talking about, where the Chiefs only had ten players on the field, and they still couldn't get the yardage necessary to. It was just a terrible play. It's like up with that Jim Zorn like punt. <laughs> pass against the Giants and uh that the they Chiefs kind of let them hang in the game with that uh fumble by McCall Hartman not like they have Isaiah Pacheco who didn't play in the first game and then like he was just running all over the Bills and uh they did gave it to Hartman probably trying to get a little bit too cute and even Mahomes had an opportunity before that he they had like a three and out um and Allen missed a critical play on second down to Stefan Diggs was wide open, uh, overthrew the other target. Maybe he was hit, but that was probably the difference of the game. And yeah, he missed a field goal, but I I think the Chiefs had a really good chance to win. They'd scored with 13 seconds on the clock against Buffalo in the past. So uh, yeah, the Chiefs winning, um, they kind of kept it closer with that fumble and maybe they got a little bit of a chance, kind of even out with that punt play, which was really awful. So I'm glad that wasn't the complete difference, but the field goal uh, missing wide right again, like they did against the Giants in the Super Bowl, that's got a sting. Um, but the Chiefs are the Chiefs, and they're going on to play in the conference championship. Yeah. Davey has a lot of great points that he was uh, making in chat. One of them, he's saying the Chiefs winning that game hurt me. I wanted Bill, more Bills Mafia in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I love them. But I also think that they would have traveled a lot more to Baltimore. So, like, I'm kind of in some ways happy that it's against Kansas City. I Not that Kansas City fans don't travel, but I just I kind of see it being more Baltimore heavy because of that. Um, uh so anyway, he said uh, he got away with it because he's. Oh, Davey said earlier he did. Tim, he got away with it because of that fumble. He said McDermott is the worst, and the run game could use help among other things. So, um, and he also said he he went to see them at the Chargers and saw the table jump firsthand in a parking lot in L.A. So that's kind of funny. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm hoping to maybe get Davey on to uh, recap these two conference uh, finals uh, games uh, next week and maybe even talk caps with us um, as well. Um, 
this I want to get your final thoughts on this uh, matchup and then we'll go to the other side of the bracket champ. um, What are your thoughts on this AFC championship game? I mean, this on paper, it has all the makings to be an absolute dogfight between uh, a team that was the best team in, in the league this year and a team that has never has been to the AFC championship game six years in a row. Uh, and I mean, it has all the hallmarks of being a, a great shootout, but you have to think about something. And I was, I wanted to mention this earlier and I didn't. It hit my mind and I forgot to mention it. Baltimore historically has had one of the best defenses in the league going, going back to the days of Ray Lewis and Terrell Suggs and all of them and Ed Reed. So Baltimore's always had a great defense and they, they're going to find a way to lock down Patrick Mahomes and lock down Kelsey and stop the run with Pacheco. But at the same time, are they going to, is Kansas City's defense going to be able to stand up to Lamar Jackson and the dual threat that he poses and things like that? Hard to say. Um, but if I had to pick a team that's going to go to the Super Bowl, I have to go with Baltimore here because Mahomes hasn't been putting up the numbers that he normally puts up. He's been putting up very average numbers for what he usually brings to the table. And I think if he continues to bring those average numbers against the Baltimore defense like this, they're not going to make another Super Bowl. I think Baltimore makes the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. Uh, Arun, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Um, Yeah, the Ravens haven't played the Chiefs since 2021, which is kind of incredible, but uh, according at least to the football database, and yeah, it's uh, correct. It's correct, and and Baltimore won that game. Yeah, so but yeah. the Chiefs have won. Uh, they won, I think, the last four games before that. I don't yeah. know, like maybe three of the four that Lamar has played in. I guess Lamar has so, won it. Lamar has won in four against them. Um, but uh, yeah, the last one was a win. Yeah, so, uh, I think this game's like a toss up, like. The Bills Chiefs game, I might just take the points with the Chiefs. And um, also, the, like Carol talks about how the NBA is rigged, there might be some questionable calls to get Taylor Swift back to the Super Bowl or get her in the Super Bowl. Maybe she'll make a halftime appearance or something. So we'll see if that happens. There's like some really dubious calls for the, <laughs> the Chiefs. Last time Baltimore Kansas City played, it was September 19, 2021. Baltimore won 36 35. For you gamblers out there, line is already up at three and a half for the Ravens' favor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so, Tim, uh, we do have a question from Davey for the, the panel. I'll ask it in a second. But, Tim, give us your thoughts on this game first, and then I'll ask Davey's question. I, I think I agree with uh, both both uh Arun and Champ here. I, I I wouldn't be shocked obviously if either team won because I think it's gonna be close. I think the line is close for a reason. I just uh, obviously I'm biased. I the reason I'm gonna pick the Ravens in this game is I just think it's everybody talks about quarterback versus quarterback, but really it's boring, but it's going to come down to the lot, like the trenches and who can push the other team around and who can possess the ball longer. And Kansas city has a very good defense. Um, but I just think the Ravens are stronger, uh, D line and O line. And, um, there, that extra rest is going to help in this game, especially in the second half. Cause I think 
Pacheco and, you know, the Chiefs can run the ball a little bit, but I just think the Ravens' um, physicality will probably be uh, the difference in a, in a close game. I think it'll be tough to have just gone to Buffalo and then now turn around and, and play uh, Baltimore. Also, you know, talking about rest, you know, Baltimore got to play on Saturday. Um, and so I think that that could help them as well. I know it's only one day, but, um, you know, that could still make a difference. And they don't have to travel, you know, where Kansas City will have to travel back to Kansas City and then back to Baltimore again. So uh, it's a lot of uh, moving back and forth. So Davey's question uh, for the panel, will McDermott coach next year uh, is the question. So I'll start off with you, Arun. Uh, do you think uh, the uh, coach of the Bills will uh, will be a coach next year? Uh, he could get fired, but I, I'm going to guess he did enough to save his job. He did more than Mike McCarthy did anyway, so I'm guessing he keeps his job. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. I'll, I'll ask Ken, what are your thoughts? I don't think I think he's ne- he's back next year. I mean, the Bills made the playoffs as uh, division champs. Uh, they had a pretty good season, and as a rule, who I think it was enough for him to the, to get a, a one year reprieve before being let go. So I think he's back next year, next yeah. season. Tim, I'm just going to disagree and say Bill Belichick's going to be their coach because it would be a cool story if he went back to the um his old division. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, he's still technically available, right? I yeah. guess Atlanta's close, but if I was him and I could choose, I, I want Buffalo's roster. Yeah, and, that's, okay, and I want to and I want to beat the Patriots twice a year. So beat the Patriots twice a year. They're close because um, they're not so far away, and maybe he's the one who can get them over the mental, you know, thing. You know, get maybe get a different kicker and a couple other players. I mean, Buffalo's not that far away. That's always a tough place to be. Where you know that your team is just a couple of moves away. You make a couple of wrong moves, you regress. But you know, a couple of right moves, and who knows? Maybe you're in the Super Bowl. And so, uh, a lot of these teams have come together pretty quickly. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where Bill Belichick ends up going. I do think he's going to stay for another year. But I do like Tim's shout there. Um, I heard a lot of teams are actually looking at Bill Belichick right now. I know the Falcons are, and there's a couple other ones that there's rumor to be interviewing them as well. So. Um, I'll be interested to see where that uh, uh, where that ends up. Thank you for the question, Davey. Yeah, it's always fun. Uh, and if people didn't know this, I I feel like we do it very rarely, but there's always a hundred point channel redeem. If people ever want to ask a question, I try to pay attention to those uh those questions uh that people ask uh there of the panel. Uh, we just ask that they are about the topic that we are talking about um, as the only caveat. I know on, on Davey's channel, if you want to go check out that great interview channel over there, um, you, know, you can ask him and his panelists about almost anything. So um, a little bit uh, different, uh, but um, yeah, of course. Um, and uh, so let's flip gears uh, to about 25 minutes left. We'll talk about the NFC side of it. The 49ers versus the Green Bay game, I thought was a great game. Um, you always kind of have to throw out the records when those two teams play in the playoffs. Um, and uh, I was happy that the 49ers got the win. I was hoping to talk to Anna tonight, but she's feeling a little under the weather. So she couldn't join us for our Caps talk. We were going to do a Caps talk and then have her be here for the first uh, part. But then we obviously rearranged the segment a little bit. Uh, but Tim, what were some of your thoughts on that Green Bay versus the 49ers game? I that this was a great game. I thought Green Bay should have won this game. 
I, they're not the better team. San Francisco is definitely a better team, but the 49ers almost fell trapped to the one seed, uh, you know, Russ. And if I, I obviously we, we talk about bad kickers and, you know, the theme was at least three of the games kickers really screwed up that kick that um, Carlson missed was huge, obviously for the Packers. If they make that, they they likely won. Um, the 49ers lost Debo Samuels. That's huge for next week, I think. And they almost lost because of that this week. They just need to play a lot stronger in the first half. I mean, it's understandable. Like the Ravens, they were rusty. But um, you know, you gotta give you gotta give a shout out to the Packers to get this far. Nobody nobody thought they would, and. They don't look so bad for um, trading Rodgers now. And I think they have a good future, but um, San Francisco won. I think the weather probably helped Green Bay a little bit, but um, the only other thing I'll say about this game is I didn't, it didn't seem very loud, which maybe was just, there's so many Packers fans, but I just, I just didn't like feel like it was a, a great home advantage. Yeah, I, that fifty-two yard field goal at the top, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, I thought was really important. To uh, at the time, it was twenty-one fourteen, and it got to twenty-one seventeen. Um, and then obviously at the very end, uh, McCaffrey uh, rushed to the right for a six-yard touchdown, which I thought was just a really strong run that ultimately gave them the win. But I thought that the, making that field goal uh, was kind of a turning point in this game because at the time, you know, Jordan Love had just um, you know got a touchdown. Um, and, uh, they got the two point conversion, uh, to go up 21, 14, which I thought was pretty big at the time. Uh, so, uh, it was kind of good to see, uh, San Francisco kind of bounce back there. Uh, champ, I'm going to refill my water, but give me your thoughts on uh, this matchup. And then after you, Arun, give me your thoughts. All right. So, uh, really this is probably the best game of the weekend, in my opinion, because of how close or how closely contested it was. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, had, uh, scoring two rushing touchdowns in the second coming with just over a minute to go in the game, which proved to be, uh, the game winner. Brock Purdy played well with 52, uh, 252 yards in the air and the one touchdown. He did get sacked once, uh, Jordan love, uh, a pretty subpar game for him is, uh, he's, Played well pretty much the entire season, uh, but 21 and 34 for 194 yards. He did have two t- uh, passing touchdowns, uh, one to Melton and one to Trap, but he also threw two picks, including the one that he threw towards the end of the game that basically sealed it for San Francisco. So big dagger there and uh, something that the young man will learn from. But all in all, I think San Francisco proved why they were the number one seed in the NFL playoffs with the way they play uh, Green Bay, you know, very, very tough loss uh, to, to swallow, but a really good season for them coming off a really uh, average season of season before, but now they have something to build upon. Jordan Love is proving that he is, he was well worth being drafted and sitting under the learning tree of Aaron Rodgers. Now he can go out there and be the next franchise quarterback for the Packers. And I honestly think that the, you know, the sky's the limit for, for, for Green Bay, but San Francisco now will be hosting an NFC Championship game, and it's it looks like it's an exciting time for uh, the folks in the, in the good old area of the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, Arun, what are some of your thoughts? 
Yeah, uh, Tim alluded to it. Uh, the 49ers came out kind of flat in the first half, and even more surprising, they came out really flat and out right out in the third quarter, and they were outscored 15 to seven. Um, Debo Samuel was a big loss for the 49ers. Like, I think that may have even like probably should have given the Packers the edge, but I think turnovers were the big thing, as Ken alluded to, two interceptions by. Uh, the Packers, um, but more importantly, zero turnovers for the 49ers. Uh, I think both teams, they could have easily argued to run the ball more because um, only 18 carries for Aaron Jones, um, and they had 34 passing attempts for Jordan Love, and same with the 49ers, 39 passing attempts for Brock Purdy, only 17 carries for Christian McCaffrey, especially with uh, Debo out, although you, the 49ers were trailing, so they obviously had to pass him more, but I think uh, Jordan, Aaron Jones had a great game, 108 yards, um, six yards of carry, and uh, would have been nice. I agreed that um, I probably was rooting for the Packers, but they picked the 49ers uh, to win, and they barely did it. Even maybe they shouldn't even done it. Like the Packers were that good as the youngest team to ever win a playoff game. Um, they're probably a team in the future, but um, right now is not their time uh, due to their special teams and some critical turnovers. Yeah. Um, I'm happy the 49ers won, but I'm also very happy that Green Bay had a really great playoff run. Um, so, you know, I owe them everything for getting rid of, obviously, you know, in the, the previous week with the uh, uh, the Cowboys. So um, they're a great young team, and I think that they are going to be a team that people are going to have to deal with for years to come. That division was brutal this year. It's going to be my segue to the Lions who won their game um it just it was really impressive to see sort of lions and green bay to be some of the strongest teams because people were looking at the eagles and the cowboys and there's a big question you know is the nfc east is better or the nfc north is better but obviously it's been answered here uh the north is uh, the superior division i thought it was a really great matchup with the buccaneers the buccaneers gave them all that they could handle you know it was back and forth uh, they went field goal for field goal in the first, uh, and then touchdown for touchdown in the second, uh, and then touchdown for touchdown again in the third. So, you know, it's tied at the end of each of the different quarters. Um, and then, um, yeah, the, the fourth quarter at the end there, uh, well, they got two touchdowns and then, uh, Tampa Bay comes back and it actually looks like they're going to make a run to even, uh, you know, maybe make a run at the very end there. Uh, they were only down eight points at that point. Um, but I just thought it was a really great game, great atmosphere for Lions, uh, Lions fans there. Uh, but Tampa Bay put together a great game as well. Tim, what were some of your thoughts on this one? I just think the Lions have a great coach. I, I, Dan Campbell, he's, uh, he's, he's a very unique coach, the way that he motivates the team, and he's very positive. I just... They didn't. The Lions didn't play great in the first half. Even in the third quarter, I think they fell behind for a little bit. So this was a very nip and tuck game. But I had a lot of confidence in the Lions in the second half because Campbell did the halftime interview, and it was tied. Like you said, obviously the you know when you're the home team and you're the higher seed and you're tied at half, it's you feel like you're losing because that's not what what's expected of your team. And he was just you know, 100% positive. He just said, you know, everything's fine. 
we, we expected them to come here and play hard. Mayfield's a good player, but we're just going to do what, we, what we've practiced to do the entire season, and we're going to go out and have fun, and, I, you know, I bet we're going to win. And it's just like, you know, even in a playoff game, he's not nervous. He's not rattled. He's not, like, telling the players, like, that you know, this is the end. Like, just whatever the Cowboys coach is doing, he's doing the opposite of that, basically. So, because, you know, the teams feed off the energy of the coach. I think there's coaches that make their teams nervous, and those teams underperform. And um, just look at what Detroit has done in history. They, they haven't been to the NFC Championship in decades, and they've only been to, like, two or something so it, it's special for the city and now michigan has the national champion in college and you know maybe a super bowl team um and it's not you know michigan's always been good but that's that's a special year for them i wanted to announce that scorebot just said that arizona cardinals scored over the penguins the penguins have tied it up two two that made it three to two uh, and that's now the end of the second period uh, going into that second intermission. Um, them have They still have a one-goal lead in that one. So thank you, Scorebot, for that. Um, yeah, I I like him. He's a very fiery coach. Um, he takes a lot of risks, which is good and bad. Uh, it's very exciting as a fan. I love it. Um, whether or not you know, it's going to screw him in the end, Carroll seems to think a lot of times – taking so many risks isn't so good. It, it did work out for him in a couple of instances in this game, but it is definitely, he is riverboat run, you know, times two, if you will, you know, taking even more risks than I think Ron even did with us. Uh, Champ, what are some of your thoughts on the coach and in this game in general? Um, it's so funny how this coach went from a, a scapegoat when Detroit went for two multiple times against Dallas to now having a one win away from hitting Las Vegas in a Super Bowl. It's amazing how football works, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? Now for the game. Detroit has shown such an improvement. It's hard to believe that this is a team who went 0-16 over a decade ago uh, and now they are on the precipice of a Super Bowl. And this is their first NFC, this is their first conference championship appearance since I was eight years old. It's been 33 years since this team made it to a conference championship. And now they are going to have a chance, but it's not going to be easy taking on San Francisco. But I think that they have the tools, they have the weapons, and they have the will to really go head up with San Francisco in San Francisco. I think it's going to be a very good game. But this game here, Baker Mayfield was throwing it all over the yard. So was Jared Goff. It was a lot of a lot of passing, not a lot of running. Uh, but Goff with the two touchdown passes, Mayfield had three of them, but he also had two interceptions to include a crucial one late in the game. That catch by Mike Evans that led to a touchdown for Tampa Bay. That catch by Mike Evans was absolutely insane. That dude is absolutely a beast, and that he ended up getting 56 receiving yards in two plays on that drive leading to a touchdown. Absolutely insane. But congrats to the Lions and good luck next week. Yeah, Evans went to Texas A&M. He's an Aggie, and uh, I rooted for him a lot in college. So um, he was one of my wife's favorite players and uh, when he played there. So uh, uh, definitely uh, – 
he's definitely an amazing player and, and a Super Bowl champion. Um, Arun, uh, what, what are some of your thoughts? I was really surprised kind of like how well the Bucks offense played. Uh, like in the previous matchup, they only scored seven points or something like that. I think it was like 20 to seven. And this game, like Baker Mayfield, he he did have a big passing game, but he also had a couple of interceptions. Um, and that, as Tim alluded to, that fourth down play, that was kind of a big call to make. Like I was surprised I went for it. And I've kind of done like a one – almost a 180 on Campbell's coaching career because he came in with the Dolphins. He seemed kind of not really that much of a like smart offensive mind, but I think maybe Ben Johnson as an offensive coordinator, he's helped him out. And they're, they just have a lot of offensive weapons. Gibbs, Montgomery's like probably as good as any one, two running backs and uh, Jared Goff. Um, he's really turned it around. Um, and uh, Armand St. Brown, he's like a great number one. Sam Laporta, the upcoming tight end, and even Jamison Williams and um, uh, Reynolds, they're pretty good two and three wide receivers. So it looks like they were clicking on all cylinders, even though Tampa Bay had a great game. But I think that, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens next week. The, the, the Lions certainly have enough offensive weapons to hang with the 49ers. Yeah. Uh, Adrian just entered chat, a good friend of ours, um, challenging all of us uh, in a game of Mario Kart. And he invited a runes dog. And so I wanted to see if Lily was also invited. She is passed out over here, but I thought I would give a, a one moment of a Lily cam over here. Um, but welcome. Hey, Adrian, to- I'll dog you a Mario Kart, bro. <laughs> I want to dog see- you. He's pretty, uh, no, Adrian, Adrian, <laughs> he's uh, pretty I got my buddy on Adrian. <laughs> yeah, Adrian's really good. He's beat all of us. Uh, <laughs> well, see, I'm I'm from the old school Mario thing. I'm not about I'm not with the new school Mario. If it was old school Mario, I dog you. I don't know. He his his best one is a double dash. So that's what he was famous for. So yeah, yeah. I'm uh, good at Mario Kart and Adrian would dust me too. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um so that's uh I appreciate you for joining us, Adrian. Um so yeah, it's gonna be an interesting uh matchup. Um I really I like what the Lions bring to the table. I think they're gonna be a really hard out for the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm gonna go and ask Arun first, what are your thoughts on uh this matchup? Um yeah, like with Debo Samuels out, like I'm kind of like initially I was like, well, the the Lions, they've never been here before. Oh yeah, I want to shout out that now the uh, Washington Commanders have the longest uh, streak of not being to a conference championship. I forgot to mention that. Awesome. And then, um, yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, thinking, I don't know, like maybe the 49ers kind of bounce back. Vegas certainly doesn't think they're going to lose. They're favored by like seven and a half points, which I thought, which I think is pretty big. So I guess I'm leaning towards the 49ers, even though I want to pick an upset. I had to dig more into that spread. Like, seems like kind of a trap so maybe i might even take the 49ers spread go against like common sense um yeah i don't know i (laughs) adrian's all very worried about tim i'm sure tim's fine um (laughs) um, i think he he might be getting a drink or something um (laughs) but uh i like this story um yeah i don't know what to really make of this matchup i mean it's obviously the 49ers have been great all year, but there's been moments where I think that they, you know, it could be, uh, it could be taken. Um, 
the uh ken what are some of your thoughts on this matchup uh i mean i'm with arun here it's kind of hard to pick a winner because both of these teams are coming in red hot you have two very very talented quarterbacks brock purdy who come on guys 2023 NFL draft, he was Mr. Irrelevant, and now he's about to play in the second straight conference game, even though his his game last year was marred by a very a very serious injury and and the lack of a, an emergency quarterback. Uh, I think that they would have probably went to the Super Bowl he had he been healthy. But he's healthy. Hopefully he stays healthy in this game, and that gives San Francisco a leg up. They're favored by seven. Uh, Detroit's coming in with a lot of momentum. Jared Goss had a really good year. Uh, their rookie, you know, their rookie tight end, Detroit, absolute beast. Absolute beast. And I think he's going to be an X factor. In the, he's going to be a hidden X factor for this game. Of course, we, you know, everybody's going to have to focus on Amron. Uh, St. Brown, Brown, but that rookie tight end is going to be somebody that's going to be uh, some uh, be an X factor that I don't know if Detroit, I mean, not Detroit, if San Francisco is going to truly account for him. Uh, he had a really good game against Tampa Bay. Hold on, I'm pulling up his stats. He had a really good game against Tampa Bay, uh, Laporta. He had nine catches for 65 yards. And I seen like he was, he was a beast. So if San Francisco can lock down that, that receiving core and stop the run, I think that they can win this football game. And I think they'll end up in the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be a rematch from uh, when John Harbaugh was uh, going up again, was when, you know, San Francisco, when they had Colin Kaepernick. I think that's what we're going to see. We're going to see San Fran versus Baltimore in the Super Bowl. But D- I would not be surprised. I would be actually happy if Detroit does make it because then that would be a great feel good story for Detroit to go from mediocrity to living large in Vegas, going for the richest prize in professional football. Yeah, I mean, Detroit's story this year and sort of their rise and, you know, they've been consistently really good for big chunks. So they they fell off for a couple of weeks and um, they they lost their chance at sort of that top spot and some questionable calls in that Dallas game. But I think the Lions are just got this underdog mentality that could be really dangerous. Um, and I, I wouldn't shock me if they got, went into San Francisco and got a win. Tim, what are some of your thoughts? I think um, if you do, if you use a runes theory of um, all the games being fixed, the NFL wants to see Eminem versus Taylor Swift. Oh so my I think, God. Cause that would be uh, the best halftime show. I think, you know, if, if if it's scripted, if it's all just like pre-written, maybe that would be the matchup. But even without that, I think Detroit can win because without Debo Samuel, they definitely have more. They, well, I don't know if you'd say they, they probably have more weapons um, and are a little bit more explosive right now. I, and I like like you said, I'm, their story and they're the underdogs. They're going to play with a chip. Um, and I think they, they could knock off San Francisco. So I'm going to pick them, and um, hopefully Eminem goes to that game, um, goes to uh, San Francisco. Did he go this week? I know I saw him in the previous week, but I didn't. I think he went to this game, yeah. I don't know for sure, though. I could yeah. be wrong. He was there. He was okay. there. I, yeah. I didn't see there. it. I felt like I saw more pictures from the first one. Um, but, uh but yeah, it'll definitely be an interesting matchup uh, for sure. Um, 
All right, well, I'll go around the table and get anyone's final thoughts on uh, the NFL playoffs as it is, thoughts for next week, um, or anything else they want to talk about. Uh, I'll start off with Tim because I know that he's got to get out of here. But, uh, Tim, what are your thoughts going into championship weekend? I guess uh, I'll I'll end with something that's going to make everybody happy. I think um, we talked – or Ken mentioned Lamar Jackson was uh, cursing during his halftime speech and very angry. I think he was like, we are not the motherfucking Cowboys. We are not the AFC Cowboys. We are not going out like this. <laughs> so anyway, that's that, that's my theory on what he said. Nice. I appreciate the theory. Um, it's awesome to have you with us all season long talking about the Ravens. Um, you know, it's been, you know, Carol always talked about this being a, a DC sports podcast, but um, you know, I've always been a fan of the DMV teams, and uh, so in his that's app- my shout out to DC for DC fans, yeah, exactly. Too of this, but I, I appreciate it. No, I think, but I really love being able to follow both teams, and so I appreciate your insight and uh, being able to help us break them down every week. And uh, uh I hope that they continue to have success. Uh, it's been fun, it's weird to think about that last time they won was very early into my relationship with Liz and it didn't even feel like it's almost, you know, it's 10 years now, right. That it's been, you know, since uh, the, 11, 11. Yeah. This is 11. Yeah, 11. So yeah. um, that's kind of hard to believe, right. That it's been that. Time, long. Yeah. Time flies. But, but, um, but it's been fun to have you yeah. on the show and uh, helping us break it down. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back on next week with some uh, positive uh, reporting. Yeah. Thanks guys. Have a good one. All right, sounds good. Um, all right, I'm gonna get Arun's thoughts real quick. Um, any final thoughts before we let you go today, Arun? Uh, yeah, uh, that RG3 Jay Gruden feud was really exciting. Um, that nice back and forth going on. Um, today I learned actually for the first time. Uh, apparently RG3 supporters are called RG sexuals back in dc <laughs> so shout what? out to the biggest rg sexual i know carol uh cp3 <laughs> so <laughs> out on that note nice yeah the, if people don't know the beef it was pretty awesome last week i know that arun's always been our rg3 reporter um and uh it it's pretty hilarious i i didn't even realize that he had a podcast but that podcast was fire um he just went off on gruden and then gruden just decided to write some like basically hateful shit um sorry it's 11 um uh and it's just pretty funny to watch um that sort of back and forth and eventually see if they continue I hope Gruden does take him up on the offer and go on his show, but I just never see it happening. Arun, do you think that he would do it? Uh, Jake Gruden actually has his own podcast too, but I think, I don't know, like that YouTube video where I learned about RG sexual was also said RG3 is the most uh, delusional player. Like that's the title of the YouTube video. He's the most delusional player ever. So I don't know if they'll ever be on. And that they have a, it's like kind of like, yeah, the coaching staff had a lot of blame, but RG3 doesn't take, like, any accountability whatsoever. So, like, never learned how to slide or anything. So, I mean, it's like, it is what it is. It's good that RG3 had that one good season, but after that, it's probably good that they, well, I don't know. It's always, maybe RG3 is going to make a comeback with uh, Bill Callahan's son with the Titans, who knows. Yeah, that that would be something. I did be right that Gruden is a joke. Good for RG3. He's really good as an analyst during college football games, too. I agree. I like 
RG3, uh, he's made a great career for himself uh, after that. Um, I don't think RG3 is as great a player as he thinks he was in his mind. But I also think that Coach Gruden uh, is a pretty shitty coach and just did not do particularly well, you know, in anything. And But he did make the right decision with Kirk Cousins over RG3. <laughs> That's just RG3 is probably bigger. I guess so, but I mean, ultimately, we didn't win anything too significant. So, yes, yeah, I mean, he's, he's still uh, in the league. I mean, those are like RG3. Well, I, mean, I guess that's league. fair, but also in some ways, he kind of ruined RG three by like not putting. No, that was that was Mike Shanahan. Mike Shanahan ruined RG three. That's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and all those coaches, I mean, it's not, they that all started like it's like Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, and all these guys like he's picking on Jay Gruden. He's not really going after Kyle Shanahan as that video pointed out, which is kind of, that's the guy he should be going after Kyle Shanahan. But he's about, he's about to coach. Maybe he might get to the Super Bowl. So he's not, yeah. he's really punching below his weight. Cause Jay Gruden, yeah, he's not a great coach, but don't put, you shouldn't put all the blame on Jay Gruden's like the Shanahan's. It's funny because I was still reading that people were like, he's an offensive genius. They still believe that in Gruden. And I was like, I don't know how you can possibly think that. I was reading a whole article about how he would still should be picked up by somebody as an offensive coordinator because he's still really good. I was like, I don't know. It's hard for me to believe. Oh, Ron Rivera also got an interview for the Eagles uh, defensive coordinator. I saw that. That would be interesting. Do you think that's a good talking about? Hold on. Since we're talking about, you know, father, son, you know, Mike Shanahan, uh, Bill Callahan's son just got hired as the Tennessee head coach, Brian Callahan, the former offensive coordinator for the Bengals. That's an interesting hire. Yeah. I would be interested to see if that, what that ends up doing. But, but Arun, do you think that uh, Riverboat Ron should be the defensive coordinator for the Eagles? It's hard to say. Like, he did coach a little bit better than uh, Jack Del Rio. Uh, it'll be interesting. Maybe part of the staff. I would say maybe, like, defensive special assistant to the defensive coordinator. <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Defensive coordinator. I don't know. He's, like, and he's maybe take, like, a year off also from Vera, like, kind of thing. <laughs> too. But it seems like he's up there trying to get that job, so he doesn't. Yeah, it'd be a good job to get, and then he'd definitely be an upgrade over whatever they're running in Philadelphia. Although I think maybe we'll see. Like I think Rivera did get a head coaching job because he was a great defensive coordinator. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, Champ, do you think he should take that job, or do you think? Uh, what are your thoughts? As long as he's not here, I don't care what he does. Honestly, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, I, um, you know what? I actually want to go against it. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, no, I no, I'm with Arun though. I would love to go against his defense and just smoke him and just be like, see, this is why your defense was ass. <laughs> it wasn't the players, it was a scheme all along. Holy crap. Anyway, but no, I mean, if he wants to take the job, he should take the job and uh, you know, get back into being a coordinator and you know, things like that. I mean, Eagles defense, maybe they can use maybe they can use it, maybe they don't need to use it. Who knows? But you know, only time will tell and only the opportunity can can dictate what what can happen yeah for sure all right well rune thank you for joining us as always we'll uh, get your thoughts on uh the conference championships next week yeah and i'll bring a gilbert arenas update next week thanks for having me on sounds good uh appreciate you as always around all right uh let me change up the um graphics real quickly and uh put the no spots graphic up and i have to say i've been watching raw this uh this whole time i won't spoil anything because i know you haven't seen it but it's been uh an entertaining uh bunch of matches um and uh 
So um, uh, let people know what you were talking about on the podcast you recorded right before this one. Um, that people can um, well, one of the big stories that we talked about on the podcast was the unbelievable news that uh, Kazuchika Okada, who was pretty much the face of New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, he ended up, it was announced that he is leaving the promotion at the end of the month and becoming a free agent. Uh, he spent, uh, he's been with the promotion since 2007. So he's been with the promotion for 17 years. Uh, started there as a young line, went through the dojo system, uh, went on excursion to Mexico as well as the United States, including having a really crap gimmick in Impact Wrestling uh, as a knockoff to uh, the Green Hornets' uh, assistant. It was it was horrible. Trust me, you don't want to go and watch that. It was it was they absolutely had all the stereotypes. It was bad. Uh, and then he came back to Japan in 2012. And decided that he wasn't going to, he was going to go right after the biggest dog, which was Hiroshi Tanahashi at the time, who was the heavyweight champion. And that's when they had the Rainmaker shock, they called it, when he won the title in his first match back from excursion, uh, his first singles match back from excursion. He won the IWGP heavyweight title over one of the biggest stars at that time, Hiroshi Tanahashi. And so with the announcement of his leaving, uh, New Japan has altered their uh, the cards for the New Beginning Tour that started on Saturday. Now the never six-man tag title match in which Okada's one-third of the champions, that matchup against TMDK will now take place this week, actually on third on Wednesday instead of on February the 11th. And now February the 11th, 12 years after the Rainmaker shock, it's going to be Tanahashi versus Okada and Okada's final singles match in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And he's still expected, he's still going to show up on the 23rd and 24th in Sapporo uh, for his final two nights of action in New Japan before he become before he goes on uh, with his free agency. So now another big name is in the free agent pool for 2024. Uh, what we talked about on the podcast also was we did a recap of TNA Hard to Kill, which was last Saturday. And Sith and I gave our top 10 favorite matches of 2023. Uh, we did have uh, four matches on there that we both had as favorites in our top 10. They were just in different places. We talked about that as well and did a full recap of everything that happened last week. Uh, we will be back this either Friday night or early Saturday with a preview of the Royal Rumble, which is this Saturday. Uh, this Saturday night emanating from Tampa and Tropicana Field. Uh, we will also live stream react to Royal Rumble on our Twitch channel as well. So we got a busy, busy one coming up for you this weekend. So make sure you check us out. Twitch.tv slash True No Spots Pod. Yep. I'm giving a, one of the shout outs. Definitely if you want more wrestling coverage, uh, make sure that you are following uh, over there. Um and uh yeah true no spots pod on twitch but uh, you can always get the podcast partners button sportsothp.com click the podcast partners button get the no spots podcast there once the audio is up you can also click on team sports othp and it gives you the link uh, to champ and it has his bio and all of his different socials and information there as well so or you can just click the little 
follow icon that's just appearing if you're watching live on Twitch. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun and exciting stuff in the world of wrestling right now. Royal Rumble is always one of my favorite events, so uh, definitely have to check that out. I want to thank you for wearing uh, the Sports OTHP um, shirt. Uh, people want to go check that out. I'm wearing um, it, one from that series as well. Um, and uh, yeah, you can get that on our website as well on the merch section. Uh, so uh, it's been a fun podcast. Uh, thank you, Champ, as always, for coming through and being a part of it. I think that we'll have a really fun show next week. Uh, maybe we'll have Dave, Davey join us uh, and uh, maybe he'll even bring a sandwich. Um, and uh, so uh, we'll also hopefully have the return of Anna Knox if, if uh, San Francisco wins and some other uh, guests as well. So uh, it should be a really fun show. Uh, this has been episode 328, uh, Cap's Good Homestand. Uh, we previewed their upcoming road stand and their lead up to the NHL All-Star Game. And we also talked about the wild card weekend uh, division, uh, sorry, the uh, uh, divisional round recap and the conference championship previews. Uh, so um I uh, appreciate everyone for tuning in and being a part of this. We're going to end the audio podcast here. Um, any final thoughts before we we end it, Champ? Uh, just um, good luck to the final four teams this weekend. Hopefully we get some really good competitive games. No, we don't get no blowouts, and it's exciting. And hopefully this weekend's Royal Rumble, I hope we get at least three really good surprise entrants in both the men's and women's Royal Rumbles. Those are what make it so exciting is – who's going to be the surprise entry that just shows up out of nowhere and gets in there. So uh, excited for this weekend. It's going to be a fun weekend. So thank you very much for having me. No Kigenyo. Sayonara. All right. Thank you, everyone. We're DC Sports Without the Politics, Sports on the Hill podcast. Uh, let's go Caps. Let's go Wizards. We didn't talk about them this week. They had a rough week, but uh, maybe if they do better next week, we'll uh, find some time for them. Uh, but uh, I'm excited. We got some Defenders coverage coming up uh, in the upcoming uh, weeks that we'll be breaking down as well. So lots of fun stuff on this winter edition of Sports on the Hill podcast. Hope you guys all have a great week. We'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs>